0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'd like to continue, as Danielle said, this series called Family Matters. It's week two. It is the end of the series that we've uh, been running called You Asked For It. And the family was a big issue that a number of people identified as uh, facing challenges with. And if you haven't been around, we have a podcast and you can go to a podcast app and, and catch up with our podcast we've talked about things like anxiety and how to deal with that about low self-esteem and how to grow become confident we've talked about purpose and god's purpose we've talked about a relationship last sunday night we talked about dating and mating i went out into the dangerous territory and uh, not dating and mating whoops dates and mates although we did vary a little bit into dating and mating just on the night and when to and when not to just some clarification so so that's uh you can get that podcast, if, if we were game enough to put it up, it'll be up there. And tonight we're going to be interviewing a, a married couple, an engaged couple, and two single people about dates and mates as well. So that's going to be a fun panel that I'm going to be sharing tonight. Uh, what you, if you were here last week, you would have learned some things from Danielle. Great podcast, recommend you listen to it. She talked about love never fails. She talked about the need to love, even if your husband, for example, puts a wheelie bin in the back of the car and all the juices spill into the back of the car. Uh, she, she talked about girls, the um, husbands forgiving your wife, even if they try to talk to you during a very important football match. Okay, and so yesterday, actually, those same teams that she referred to play, my team and Essendon. And so having learned from that experience, I watched the last five minutes in my car on my, on my iPhone out at the, at the shops. So I've just learned some things along the way. Okay. Then she went on and talked about developing a great forgettery. And uh, obviously, we both need to still to work on that. Uh, but forgetting the things that we need to forget and remembering the things that we need to remember and the power of forgiveness. And so I want to uh, continue on this morning from that series, and I'm going to actually just talk about four different aspects of family life, okay? Four different aspects of family life. I'm going to talk about, uh, one, about being children in terms of our relationship with our parents. I'm going to talk about being grandparents as we've got so many outstanding grandparents in the house. I'm going to then talk about husbands, and wives, okay, husbands and wives. One Bible verse for each of us in terms of how we can get a good foundation for our family life. Uh, I'm not so much going to talk about parenting this morning, though, young mums, can I just give a little plug? Uh, my beautiful wife is an outstanding mum, has always been an outstanding mum, and has poured herself into our children over the years. Committed herself to continuously learning to grow and to be a better mother, and she is an outstanding mother of our family and of the house. And I do salute you, babe, for your commitment to our kids and to always learning. And so she is running a six-week parenting course on a Friday morning for young mums of toddlers up to what age, babe? Zero to zero to six. So if you've got some kiddies in that age. Or expecting them or and would like to learn why don't you see Shekinah can you stand up Shekinah Shekinah is our pastor of the 25 to thirty-fives. see Shekinah and she'll give you the details of how you can crash in I think there's already been one but you can crash in on that this Friday is that right this Friday fantastic so all right let's start then in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 to 3 and this is for children and all of us uh, Are uh, uh, children of parents. We're not still children, but we've got parents, whether they're alive or not. And it says this: Children, obey your parents. There's a word for some kids today. Uh, that's when you're children, under 18. Okay, when you're children, okay, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is right, the right thing to do. And then it goes on and says, so when you're once you're not 18, it's not so much about needing to obey your parents, it changes. If you're living at home, there's a slight tension and dynamic about that. But you move into a different phase of life where you always need to honour your parents. All of us move out of childhood and adolescence into adulthood and the, the command of honouring our parents remains. It says, honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. This is so important to God that it made it into the Big Ten. Big Ten Commandments for life. Right up there with Don't Murder. And actually, Don't Murder was after this one. And so maybe that was speaking to parents. I'm not quite sure exactly what was going on there. Uh, This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. I I went past a car yesterday and it had a bumper sticker, live long enough for payback to your children. Uh, I'm I'm not quite sure that that was inspired by the Bible, but... And Mark 7 says this same thing. And Jesus actually addresses the issue of honor and he takes it, he gives something practical. Because as I've taught before in the church, honor is not just the concept of words, but honor in the Bible was, was used around when they would weigh coins, and so when they would weigh coins or shekels, uh, what, what they would do in that moment, it didn't have 50 cents written on it. It didn't have a dollar written on it. It didn't have its value written on it. It was just, it was just a particular type of coin, a particular um, a silver or, or whatever it was. And in that, what they would do to give it its value, they would weigh it. And so however much it weighed would determine its value. And the word weight means honor, how much Honor you that coin was worth, okay? And so when the Bible talks about honoring our parents, it's not addressing the issue of whether they're honorable or not. And so last week, Danielle's message was so powerful in the, the need for us all to forgive those who haven't lived up to the standards that we needed them to live up to. And, and that, that's a, a separate issue, being able to forgive where parents have let us down. But the Bible still leaves this thing of honor. And honor is not whether someone deserves it. Honor is about, says something about me and my capacity to give honor and value. And so Jesus went on and he said this, you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, this is Mark 7, sorry, I can't help you for I vowed to give to God what what I would have given to you. In this way, you you have disregarded your needy parents. Interesting, Jesus got really practical. He said, guys, it's part of your responsibility to look after your parents. They looked after you when you were young, as they get older. It's part of your responsibility. They didn't have a welfare system. And he actually said, don't go giving away lots of money. I'm not talking about the tithe. He said, don't go giving away lots of money if you're not actually looking after your parents. Because that's a value and an important part of the culture of honor. Jesus actually demonstrated this so amazingly when he hung on the cross. And when he died in that moment, he looked at his mother who was there watching her son die, And he looked at her mother and he said to, to his disciple, John, look after my mother. In his hour of greatest need, Jesus demonstrated, I mean, almost our human nature is self-focused. Human nature is looking after me. What can I, even sometimes our love has an agenda to it, so that we can feel good about ourselves, or, or help someone else feel good about ourselves. But in the in your moment, your darkest hour, it it will be a great indicator of our heart and our mind. How do we treat people when things aren't going well? And Jesus, in that moment, turned to, to his disciple and said, "Look after your mum. Look after my mum. Treat her as your own. Honor and looking after our parents." is a challenge for every one of us. That's just some Bible thoughts there right now. Is that okay? I mean, imagine being in Jesus' family, just by the way. Jesus' brother, James, ended up becoming a great disciple. But imagine your mom looking at you and just saying, why can't you be more like your big brother? I mean, talk about lift the standard, set it a bit high. That's a bit harsh, right? What would Jesus do? She gave all the brothers a little band. Right? What would your big brother do in this moment? All right, let's talk about grandparents then. That's that's us as children. We have some amazing grandparents in our church. We love all those of you who are grandparents. Ken Day, 80 years old, there is no way you're 80. Someone changed your birth certificate. You can only be 70 when I look at you. That's ridiculous. Shout out, happy birthday. But there are some amazing grandparents that we've got here. And grandparents, you have you you have such a significant role in the life of your children and your grandchildren. And, and to, to understand that role and the change of role and that dynamic is really important biblically. Otherwise, you'll mess up family generations. Speaking of weddings, about 15 years ago, I did a, I did a wedding. And this, and in this particular wedding, we were, we were practicing practicing it. And there was um, the, the bride's parents and the bride's grandparents and the groom's parents and, the, and, and there was family everywhere. And we got to what's normally a simple part of the, the practice of the ceremony when I said, when I introduce you, there's a number of options. You can be either, okay, so we use Michael and Kira as, you can either be Mr. and Mrs. Ford. You can be Mr. and Mrs. Michael Ford, traditional. You can be Mr. and Mrs. Michael and Kira Ford. That, these are your options. When I introduce you, really simple question. Couples normally look at each other, kind of like, what do you think, what do you think, and they make a decision. Well, when I asked them, mum and dad, waiting on it. Grandma and grandpa waiting on it. Pa- parents of the bride waiting on it. And for half an hour, there was a discussion by everybody about what they should do in that particular moment. Now, I, the, part of me at that moment just wanted to say, guys, I'm going to give you some advice. Elope right now and move to the other side of the country right now and get away because this is going to be painful for everybody. And I want us to go to a scripture that will help us in this particular moment. Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, which therefore puts the onus on father and mother to release. Leave father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So this is, this is the picture I get of it. Sometime, sometimes, and there wouldn't be any grandparents like this, but this is for you to help some other grandparents or for, this is for those of us who maybe one day are going to become grandparents, sometimes I get the picture like this. When, when, the, when a couple leaves and they get married, it's like they go and they, now they're starting a whole new family unit. Now, it may be just next door, like in my big fat Greek wedding, okay? It might be. Don't recommend it, but it might be, okay? But, but there's, a, there's, a, there's this sense that what, that what happens is there's a shaking of the hand of the, who gives this woman to this man, And the father says, I've been responsible for her for years. But in this moment, in a symbolic exchange, I'm handing over not just my daughter for you to pay all the bills now. I'm handing her over to you for you to be the the, the protector, for you to be the authority figure, for you to be the one who watches out for her. I've had that role, but I'm handing her over to you. And so what's important at that moment is there's, there's not a moment then when dad comes along and says, I'm taking her back. I've handed her over. The picture I get is that, they've, that that family now is becoming an independent family with a strong connection, don't get me wrong, with a strong connection, but they're actually going and they're jumping into their own car. They were in your car, but now they're getting their own car. And now they're going on their own journey. And so what they don't need is for you to jump in the backseat of the car and sit in the backseat going, What are you doing going this way? We're we going, we going left, we should be going right. Where are we going for the honeymoon? What are we doing in that moment? Just, just helping, I'm just helping us here today, okay? So they're, they're off on their, their great adventures. They don't need you to ring up and sort of question Siri or the GPS about the direction that they're going in. So therefore, what do I do then as a grandparent? If I'm letting them leave and cleave, what do I do? Uh, okay, here's a few things. I think probably the primary thing grandparents can do for both your kids and your grandkids is to pray. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for God's blessing. If you see them going down a path that your experience tells you is the wrong path, that's okay. They're in a different car now. You're not not the navigator. Just pray for them. Pray God's blessing. Pray God's wisdom. Release them to their destiny. Uh, Don't don't try subtle ways to guilt them into making different decisions. Leaving little notes with suggested parenting tips around the home when you visit. Uh Uh-uh i Am I just, you know, I'm helping out, right? One of the things I've so loved about my parents, and they're both with the Lord right now, but there was just, there was just such this sense of release, of prayer, of encouragement, and of just writing notes of encouragement. It was, it was just amazing. So, so grandparents, pray for your kids and encourage them. Pray for your kids and encourage them. Pray for your kids and encourage them. Okay, then the the next thing is, this this is so powerful because as a grandparent with your relationship with your grandkids, you can pray them into the destiny God has for them. Even if mom and dad are getting wobbly, you you can be that voice who prays them into their future. Even if mom and dad are are, are doing it tough or all sorts of dynamics, you you still have an authority in the spirit realm to create an atmosphere around them of God. You can be the one who sows the seeds of love into their life. You can be the one who, who represents God. May, maybe mom and dad aren't representing God right now, but you can represent God. And in that way, it's, it's encouragement, it's love, it's gifts. My, my, my aunt turned 99 this week. She didn't have any kids, so pretty much she's like a surrogate grandparent. And every birthday of my kids, a check for $20 or $25 or cash turns out for the last 30 years or 20 years, I guess that would be, as old as they are, and for us as well. And there's just this sense of encouragement and giving and generosity with no strings attached. And that's the power of being a grandparent because if you sow it into their life, it will come back to you you will you will experience great relationships be involved in your grandkids as much as you possibly can because you will be the one who brings love love and life and joy and peace load them up with lollies and then run away and leave them to your grandkids take your kids right is that how you do it grandparents is that what you're doing all right load them up give them back it's payback time okay that's the grandparents you're amazing all right let me talk to husbands right now from the Bible. Grace yourself, fellas. Brace yourself. E- Ephesians 5.28. I look to see what's... Because we're talking family matters, okay? And family does matter. So I look to see what's some themes of instruction in the Bible to husbands. What's some themes? Because, you know, God, when He made men and women, He, he wired us up differently. And so it's interesting that the instructions of the Bible that are given to husbands are different to the instructions that are given to wives, There's there's some similarities about loving one another, about honoring one another, etc. But there there are particular themes that God gives. And so to husbands, Ephesians 5.28 says this, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives. And that's the theme. Over and over when it talks to husbands, the instruction is to love your wife. Love your wife, love your wife. And this is a classic. Love their wives as they love their own bodies. We'll come back to that. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Now, now, I don't know if you've noticed this, and this I'm going to give some generalizations. There's exceptions, but the generalizations. A perfect-looking woman can look in a mirror and spot the blemish. Oh, no, oh, I'm not quite, oh. You know, and that woman can be gorgeous, but she sees the faults, she sees the mistakes. It's, it's, it's the nature of women. A massive, big, overweight guy can look in the mirror and just do one of these. Oh, you're looking awesome today, aren't you? That's just, we just walk past, we look at the mirror. You, you, you watch the shopping center. Whenever there's those, those mirrors to, to, to check out uh, what, you, what you're wearing, the guys walk past, suck it in, poke out the chest, and go, oh yeah, still got it, still got it. Because we love our bodies. That's just the way we're wired, right? Am I right, fellas, or what? I mean, like seriously, I've played with football teams for years and guys do nudie runs. Girls don't do nudie runs, but guys do nudie runs. It's just a thing. I said, we're comfortable with the way things work. I remember for a dessert night in our family, okay, many years ago, and my wife, uh, we, we, every Monday night would be dessert night in our family. And so this particular night, she's like, she, you know, in her th- normal thoughtfulness state, she puts a bowl on the table, and there's a bowl, and there's a bowl, and it's upside down, and then the kids turn it over, and the surprise dessert night is that night, we're going to Cold Rock Ice Cream. Okay, now one of our children at that moment got so excited they stood up ripped their clothes off and went and did a massive nudie run around the house in that particular moment can i just suggest that wasn't a female that was a male because there's this thing about us all right that's just the way we're wired so when paul writes to the guys am i oversharing? when paul writes to the guys come on fellas you know it's true You know it's true. Still got it there, handsome. Come on, we all do it. So when Paul writes to the guys, he says, guys, I'm going to help you out. You need to love her as much as you love your body. You're not skipping meals and missing out because you love your body. Some of you are in the gym an hour a day because you love your body. And he says, let that be the standard with which you love your wife. Oh, it suddenly got quiet in it, didn't it? Right there. Let that be the standard. Let, the, let that be the sense that, that you pour into her. So here's the, here's the thing. The nature of guys, we're conquest people. We're, we're hunters. We're, we're, we need the challenge. We need something to, to go and shoot. We need something to, 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 to conquer. We need something to take over. It's, it's our nature. And so what can unfortunately happen because of the way we're wired, and like I say, I'm talking generalizations, there are exceptions. But, and uh, it's different to the way the girls are wired because the girls are much more wired emotionally, relationally, and, re- and relationships become much more natural to you girls. Am I right today? Don't leave me hanging out here, girls. I'm, I'm working for you right now. Okay. Relationships work much more naturally, okay? And it's it's, it's it's almost more intrinsic to you. Well, for us, it's not the way it is. So the Bible says, guys, I know you captured her. You You caught her. You, your conquest she, she was she was playing hard to get and you got her i met a guy recently and basically he was about to get expelled he's a pastor now he's about to get expelled from his school and so he thought well i'm just going to make every girl in the school cry before i get expelled he's a schmuck and so he and he's still slightly a schmuck but i love him uh and, and so he's a pastor in new zealand just to keep a distant away uh, and so so he went and did to all the girls bar one and one girl wouldn't cry And so he just kept trying to pay out her and she wouldn't cry. And eventually he said, why why can't I upset you? She says, because I'm a Christian and I go to church. Well, in the typical male fashion, a challenge was laid down. And so the conquest now moved from being to make her cry and they actually eventually won her heart and married her. Because that's the way we work. We love challenges. We We want to achieve things. But here's the problem. If we're not careful, guys, that once we've we've won her and we've caught her and we've got her, we can easily move on to the next challenge. And the next challenge can be a work challenge, a sport challenge, a, a physical body image challenge, whatever it might be. And so, when the Bible writes to husbands, it says, "Guys, love your wives the way you love your own body." That means that that means, and this is this is. Uh, I'm talking from the voice of experience in this one. Okay. Uh, I'm on a lifelong journey of of learning to and continuing to love Danielle and to keep her first. And so, what you'll notice, guys, is it might not be that obvious. She might not sit down and spell it out to you. I don't feel like you love me like you used to, or she may. Okay, but but little things will begin to leak out, and you've got to learn to pay attention to those things. And it'll be like you're going to play golf again and she's looked after the kids all week, and you're like, yeah, I need some me time. I've been working hard. You're like, oh, maybe she needs some me time. Or um, something else might leave. You're going to work that many hours again, and you just notice and there's, there's this little, there's an ache for relationship in our wives' hearts, and if we're not filling it. Can I tell you, can I tell you if you research uh, where most affairs happen, on both the female side and the male side, very rarely do they happen because purely of sex. So often what happens, guys, is there's this deficit of love and attention that's not pouring into our wives. And because of that deficit and the way she's wired, some other schmuck comes along and begins to notice her, pay attention to her, starts to meet some of her emotional needs. And it's the beginning of a downward spiral. And you go, it's wrong, but it's human nature. So the question we've got to ask ourselves is, what am I doing as a husband to love her? and to pour love into my wife. The question that she's often asking is this, are you even thinking about me? Do you still notice me? Do I still captivate you? Do you appreciate all that I do for our family? And so the challenge for us fellows is to keep our head in the game, to keep our head and our thoughts in the game. And let me just give you one little suggestion of, of the way that I try and do this, because I'm as much as a goal-oriented achiever as any other guy, okay? I, I have a little app on my phone called the Focus on the Family app. Okay, Focus on the Family, do daily broadcasts. And pretty much once a week, I will listen to something on there about parenting or about, or about marriage. Each year, we'll make a commitment to read a book because I don't want to be someone who's achieving everything over here but missing out where it really matters at home in terms of my responsibility. And so often on my day off on a Friday, I'll drop my daughter to school and I'll go home and I'll, I'll drive home and I'll start listening to this app, and this these little 15-minute podcasts about marriage and about parenting. And, and I, re- I recommend it, guys. Do something that keeps your head in the game. We're doing all right here this morning. All right, all right, okay. Now, girls, here's, here's the homework, fellas. Just one thought here. So I'm going to ask you, if you've got the courage, husbands, just a challenge. Go home and at some point over the next seven days, pick the right time. Brace yourself. And ask your wife, how can I be more loving for you? Because you might think, oh, well, if I do this, you'll really love that because that's what I want her to do for me. But if I do that for her, that'll help. I'm seeing elbows and the husbands are really getting it right now. Okay, what could I do to be more loving for her? And, and ladies when he asks, don't pull out the list that you've prepared. okay just just give it, give him one thing one thing we're, we're pretty simple give him one thing and and just this is what this is what I love you to do whatever it might be it might be write me some little notes. maybe every now and then could you buy me something special every now and then could you, Come home early and help bat- bathe the kids. Whatever it might be. Just, just one thing. And as that begins to happen, reward him. I'll, I'll tell you, we're simple. Just, just appreciate that for him. Okay? Give him a big hug. Give him a big hug. He'll love that. Okay, wives. Okay. Can I, can I talk to the wives from the Bible here today? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, fellas. Help me out here right now. <laughs> All right. There is a session at the women's conference called Intimacy. So I encourage you to go along to that. But let me see. So in that passage of Scripture where it says, husbands, love your wife. Husbands, love your wife. Husbands, love your wife. Husbands, love your wife. Thing goes over and over. One of the things that it says in Ephesians 5.33, so again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Respect her husband. Now does that mean... I respect him if he deserves respect. No, it actually means it's the same as honour. In fact, it's the same as love. Do I love her if she's lovable? No, I love her. And she will become more lovable. If I respect him, he will become more respectable. What we speak over our, our children, our spouses, people around us, they will live up to. So I looked up the Oxford Dictionary because I thought I'd better be on safe ground if I'm talking to the wives this morning. And it says, respect means is a feeling of admiration for somebody or something because of their good qualities or their achievements. So if we understand, girls, that you're looking for that intimacy in relationship and it's a primary driver in your life, and you can help us with that, well, guys are looking for achievements. They're looking, they're looking for significance. And you can help him with that by by finding the things, the good qualities that he has, or the achievements that he's done, and focus in on those. Admire him, privately, publicly. Don't undermine your husband. Don't let your words are powerful. And if you if you focus in on what he's not doing and what he's uh, he's not good at, and you chip away at those things personally and publicly, you'll find you'll quickly build up a sense of of a disre- like not, of in the husband, where there's resentment. And that resentment will cause him to push away from you. And in actual fact, what you really want is him to push into you. The opposite happens because of the words and the power of your words. So find the things that you admire. And it might you might like, well, there's not much. Well, there's got to be something. What you married him for, and focus on it. And you'll find, just as the same as girls don't end up in an affair because of sex purely, they end up because of the lack of emotional intimacy and pouring in. Well, guys are the same. What often happens for guys is some girl at work notices how how great they are at something. And over a period of time, they compliment the guy over and over. And and unintentionally, this thing begins to happen because a person's giving respect to him. And if he's not getting respect at home, his heart will begin to connect. And if before it's too late, that can be very dangerous. Very rarely is it purely about sex. It's often about the need being met by somebody else. So girls, here's something. Danielle is, is excellent at this. And I, I just bought along, she writes me these little love notes. Okay, and, and she, she's worked out that, again, I'm quite simple. So this, this will keep me going for days. This is some for a month. And so she, let me just read some because they make her look good, but actually make me look pretty good too. So let me just read these out. You're an amazing husband. Thank you for texting me when you're not with me. She's being specific about the things that she loves. But it helps me understand that it means something. Thank you for praying for me and with me. Thank you for striving to be a better husband, buying me little gifts and writing little notes, taking me on awesome holidays, speaking well of me. That's, that was one day. To John, you are so good at what you do, wearing all your different hats. You have amazing capacity and juggle so many things all at once. Yet you're still calm, positive, kind and generous. I admire you and love you. See, on the alternate side, she could have written, and she doesn't, but she could write, man, your life is so full on. Sometimes you forget about me. Can you get your head in the game? That wouldn't help me. What does help me is Admiration. Expressed specifically, and notes work for me. And I've got numbers of them. I've actually got books that she's written. That fills me as a male, and it helps me want to be more emotional, connecting, to poor and to pour into her. So it works on both sides. So girls, you're not off the hook today either. The power is there for you, and the power is there for guys. So, so just as I've given the guys a challenge this morning to go and. Ask at the right moment, what can I do to be more loving? This could be to your parents. You could do similar things to this. Don't just leave it to Mother's Day to write a a nice card. Not to your kids. Danielle does this with our kids as well. She's great at it. But girls, your challenge is over this week, why don't you make a list of the things that you admire in your husband? Qualities and achievements. He might be slaving his guts out for you working He's a provider, whatever it is. And if if you've developed a negative mindset with a butt, he does this butt. It's time to lose your butt. You need a buttectomy. Lose the butt, and focus on the positive, and keep speaking the positive, because that will build him up. And you'll find this is this is how you fell in love. Usually, you thought he was amazing, and you said all these things about him, and you captured his heart. And he 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 went after you and pursued you and loved you, and you captured her heart. And so sometimes people can say, Well, I love him, but I'm not in love with him. I love her, but I'm not in love with her. Well, you can be just by starting to do the things that you once did. And as you do the things that you once did, not to get reciprocation, but because you need to direct your heart that way, you're fine the feelings of love as well as the commitment to love will come back again. Can I pray for us here this morning? Father, I thank you today for families, all sorts of families, all sorts of friendships, all sorts of relationships. And I pray today that parents will be honored from our heart. I pray today that grandparents will be celebrated and will be able to be so life-giving to their children and grandchildren. I pray for husbands that we will be able to love our wives the way Jesus, you love the church, poured your life out for the church. And I pray for wives that there will be revelation, admiration and respect flowing to husbands. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Why don't we stand to our feet right now? That's Teresa.